Good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Nightmare K Hawk back at it again with another podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been one hell of a week. Hope everybody's week was fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. My week was pretty amazing. I actually was spending time with my father uh, yesterday. And just something I want to point out real quick, folks. It is very important that we spend time with family, um, even though we might not like them as much. Um, it's very important we spend time with our parents. Uh, because once they're gone, they're gone. So it's something that uh, I've always tried to preach and always tried to uh, tell people that you should always spend time with your family. That's something I had to come to grips with. Um, not really a family-oriented person, but I realized as my father's getting old, he's like 70 years old now. So, you know, as he's getting up there in age, man, you know, you want to spend as much time with your father. Fortunately, I, I don't have the same opportunity to spend time with my mother because she died when I was 16 but the thing is um is that it's very important spend time with your family man spend time with your loved ones uh see them things like that there's nothing more important than family um so yeah just wanted to get that out there folks but we definitely gonna talk about some crypto news we're definitely gonna talk about some gaming news some very important updates uh for gaming and oh by the way folks there are some upcoming games for PC. You're definitely going to want to stay tuned and listen to the show for that. But anyway, it's ladies and gentlemen. Your boy Nightmare K-Hawk is back. I know it's a lot different. Normally we do the independent news on Saturday. But unfortunately I was out of town yesterday. I uh, took the train to my hometown of Rochester. And uh, Rochester, New York. Not Rochester, Minnesota. Rochester, New York. And um, spent time with my father. Some jackass fucking teenage punk ass kid smashed my dad's car window last night while we were both sleeping and uh it was absolutely disgusting uh these fucking kids nowadays are fucking pathetic punks um no they're not cypherpunks they're complete jackass punks um don't have a fucking steel ball in their body um just coward um there's nothing to really steal in my dad's jeep it's completely ridiculous um don't even know what the fuck they were trying to do with that Send a message, you know, let my father, you know, thank God he's a, he was a former cop, so he has a gun, whatever. You know, if anything going on, he had to shoot a motherfucker up. But, um, yeah, man, very important, man. Safety is very important, you know, not like the elite trying to fear monger the shit out of us. But, um, always want to take precaution, folks. Uh, always want to have car alarms and things like that. Um, cameras and stuff around your home. Uh, make sure intruders and stuff are not coming in and things like that. So be very careful. But other than that, folks, let's get into some crypto news. So we got following Bitcoin's latest correction. This is a crucial level and it must hold price analysis states. So Bitcoin price has been struggling to break above a significant resistance level and its current experience a pullback. Following the recent red days on Wall Street is just a short term correction up. Or a beginning of a new bearish leg. I think it's going bearish. So the daily chart on the daily time frame. The price dropped shortly after getting rejected from the crucial 25k level. The 50 day moving average and around the 22k level will be the first likely support level. Followed by the 200 day moving average around the 20k physiological support area. If these dynamic support levels fall to hold a further drop toward the 18k level would be imminent immediate however if the price rebounds from either of these levels another resist 
and potential breakout above the 25k resistance zone would be highly probable. The RSI indicates which has signaled the recent rejection with a clear bearish uh, signal is trending around the 50% threshold indicating the momentum equitable on the daily time frame. The 4-hour chart. Analyze the 4-hour chart. The price has declined after multiple rejections from the 25k area and is heading towards the 22500 support level. A breakdown of this level would potentially lead to deeper decline towards the 20k even the 18k level in the coming weeks which I would love by the way. On the other hand, the RSI is getting close to the oversold zone in the time frame which could result in a tepid rebound from the 22500 level which might lead to lead to a break above the 25k level. A breakout above the 25k level would be followed by more bullish price action in the coming weeks and the bear market could finally be considered over from a technical standpoint. On chain analysis, on chain analysis, Bitcoin miner reserve, Bitcoin price has risen lately and the market sentiment is becoming more positive. However, the miners a key core hope in the Bitcoin market have yet to show any bullish behavior. The following chart demonstrates the miner reserve metric which re which measures the amount of BTC in miners wallets. The metric has been declining over the last few months. Some miners are finally capitulating and others are selling their BTC to provide liquidity and cover operational costs. If this trend continues, the selling pressure could overflow the market and exceed supply and lead to another price decline. So ladies and gentlemen, Bitcoin. It looks like it's heading down, you know. You guys know I'm an open Bitcoiner. Um, but this is not surprising. Like, this happened last year and this happened the year before that and this happened the year before that. We always have a pullback in, in the first quarter. This is nothing new. Like, I'm not surprised by this at all. Like, I'm hoping for Bitcoin to go back down to 18K. I'm dollar cost averaging for the next couple of years. Um, thanks to Thorchain Saver Program, so I'll be doing that f for the next few years to see where Bitcoin goes. I like that it's trading sideways. I love bear markets because it gets all the fucking freaking paper hand punk kids out of the market. So I'm happy for this, you know, and I know my friends in Monero are happy for this as well because it gets all the paper Monero people the fuck out so they can buy cheap Monero. And same thing with the Dogecoin crew. They love when Doge goes down because they can buy Doge for cheap, even though eight pennies is very cheap. I mean, if you can't afford eight pennies, you need to slap the shit out of yourself. But anyway, um, that's here nor there. But as far as Bitcoin goes, dude, I'm happy about this. One is more happy than me. Like, I love bear markets, dude. Like, 2008 was such a fun time for me because come January 3rd, 2009, what came on the scene? Bitcoin. Hello. You know, do I think it's digital gold? Absolutely not. Do I think it's peer-to-peer -peer electronic digital cash? Yes, because the Lightning, Network, the Lightning Network makes it that way. You know, it solves the problems of Bitcoin, you know, from seven transactions per second to, like, thousands and millions of transactions. Per, well, not millions, but thousands of transactions per second, which is better than seven. So, 
I love the Lightning Network. I think it's amazing. I love what they're doing, building Bitcoin in layers. And I said this years ago that Bit Bitcoin will be built like the Internet in layers. That's exactly what it's going to be. Um, I have no ill will towards Ethereum, Ethereum as you people know. Um, I have no problem with altcoins at all. I think altcoins are great. Um, there are shit coins. I know there's a shit coin conference. Me and some other crypto people got in some heated argument about the shit coin conference. Like they called me a, a hater because I don't attend shit coin conferences. I'm like, who the fuck in their right mind goes to a shit coin conference? Why? Why would you do that? Like, dude, I'm an OG. We don't go to those type of things. And as a matter of fact, people, I'm probably not going to be going to any more conferences. Um, after this Bitcoin one in September, uh, we're going to see if I can still go. Um, hopefully I can. We'll see what's up. And if I can go in September, I will let you guys know when it gets closer. If I can get a part-time job, I will definitely go um, to this Bitcoin conference. But we'll see. Uh, I am starting my travel agent um, certification tomorrow. So that is, I mean, wait, is it Sunday? Yeah, it is Sunday. Yeah, so tomorrow, on Monday, I'll be starting my uh, travel agent certification freaking shit so I can become a travel agent, which is going to be fucking awesome. But anyway, moving on, folks, let's get into some Dogecoin news. So 352.5 million Dogecoin moved to Binance by top 20 whales. Here's how Doge price is doing. So predominant tracker of Dogecoin... Uh, transactions of Doge Whale Alert has spread the word about several mass transfer of the original meme coin, large in size and reaching nearly $400 million worth in total. The top whale kicks hundreds of millions of Doge to Binance. These Doge lumps were sent to Binance just in conclusion that there is or was a big sale planned on the leading crypto trading platform. The mass transaction carried 57,804,249 Doge, 110,976,371 Doge, and 190,840,745 Doge. And by the way, I meant to say 57,804,249 Doge. For a symbolic fee of less than 3 Doge each, which is less than $1. This is why I love Doge. Very cheap transactions. Lightning Network has uh, cheap transactions depending on how the, depending on the network, depending on the miners. But Doge has a very cheap, cheap transaction. Proof of work, awesome. The equivalent of these Doge lumps in fiat are 29.2 million in total. Overall, Doge is a popular crypto asset among traders and take advantage of buying and selling it depending on the market conditions. Doge price in decline. Over the past few days, the price of the largest meme token on the market has been in decline. Since Thursday, Doge has lost significantly over 8% as it dropped from 0.0877 to 0.0807 level, where it is trading at the time of his writing. The drop began after a sudden 5.45 surge in a single green hourly candle, which occurred after the biggest public Doge fan Elon Musk tweeted a meme about Dogecoin. In the past, such moves of Musk were able to provide more or less sustainable long-term growth of Doge. Of Doge. These days, however, his tweets are provoking belief rises 
which end in hard price drops of Dogecoin. See, and that's another thing, folks. This is why another reason why I only use cryptocurrencies as money. And not only that, I use them as a tool versus in a belief system because people like Elon Musk can just destroy markets. People like the Fed can just destroy the crypto market. One stupid-ass tweet by some famous person can fuck the entire crypto market up. And this is one of the reasons. But folks, 352.5 million Doge moved to Binance? Mm, not really surprised at all. Binance is a shit freaking centralized exchange. I don't like them. They're KYC. They're a piece of shit. Um, CZ, he used to be a cool dude back in the old days, like 2010, 2011, you know, when he first came on the scene, you know, but now he's just a corporate jackass, uh, part of the system, a cog in the wheel. It's absolutely disgusting. He's now got a shaved bald head. It looks disgusting. He looks like a, uh, it looks like a Buddhist, man, a freaking Buddhist that got kicked out of freaking the Buddhist temple. Like, it's ridiculous. He needs to grow his damn hair back. He looks ugly with that bald head. But anyway, moving on. We got some Ethereum news. Let's jump on Ethereum. So Ethereum pulls back and holds about $1,500. So Ethereum price has fallen in the downtrend zone. Although it has risen above the 50-day line SMA, it is falling below the 21-day line SMA. Long-term analyst of Ethereum price bullish. In other words, the moving average... Lines are, are, hold on. In other words, the moving average lines are where Ether is trading. If the largest altcoin is trapped between the moving average, the decline will stall above $1,500. On the other hand, if the bears break below the moving average, the decline will end at a low of $1,200, which I will be happy for. ETH slash USD suffered a setback today after hitting a low of $1,576. It is bound to move in the range as long as it is Constricted between the moving average lines. The altcoin is currently trading for $1,595. Ether indicator analysis. The relative, the relative strength index for Ether has dropped to 48 level for the for the 14th period. The altcoin has the potential to fall during a downtrend. Moreover, as Ether is constricted between the moving average lines, the range bound movement might start. The altcoin has reached the oversold area. It is currently at level 20 of the daily of the daily charts. So technical indicators, key resistance levels, $2,000 and $2,500. Key support levels, $1,800 and $1,300. What is the next direction for Ether? The largest altcoin is currently bearish and has reached bearish exhaustion. The cryptocurrency is now in its previous range bound region. The alternative currency is trading at $1,500 and $1,700. And when these thresholds are crossed, either Ether will start trending. And in order to push Ether higher, buyers are expected to show up in the oversold region. So, ladies and gentlemen, what do y'all think, man? Y'all think Ether's going to drop? I would love Ether to drop to $1,200. That would make me very, very happy. Like I said, folks, I'm going to be taking advantage of this bear market for the next two years. Um, I do believe we're going to be trading sideways. Uh, for these next two years, I don't see a bull market again until 2025, um, after March of 2025, but that's just me, that's just my prediction, do your own research, 
But hell yeah, dude. I would love for Ethereum to drop 1200 bucks, dude. 1200 bucks, Dude, come on. That's like one paycheck. That's like one fucking paycheck. And if you're self-employed or you are an independent contractor, dude, that's nothing. That's like one day. That's like one day of work. Like, seriously. That's one day of work, dude. And through ThorChain Saver Program, dude, you're stacking freaking, you're saving Ether? What? Dude, come on. That's fucking awesome. All right, let's move to some altcoin news. We have Solana, Polygon. Devs argue on ZK Power L2s. All right, so Polygon, Matic, dismiss an attack on ZK Rollups. On Twitter, Solana co-founder claimed that provers elements of L2 system responsible for the for the validity of transaction broadcasts to the L1 mainnet are unable to keep up with the underlying chain. The scalability of a ZK rollup is not limited by the proof. By the prove. I'm detecting some misunderstandings of how ZK rollups work. Let me explain in, in this thread why the why the prover is not the limiting factor and what are the actual limitations of ZK and optimization rollups. For them, the only opportunity to keep the same speed as the L1s is when data loads are intermittent. However, in the real blockchain system, this requirement cannot be met. As such, the way Solana addresses the scaling problem is the only productive one. It processes a never-ending chain of state dependency. Baleen disagrees and shared his thoughts on a real limitation of ZK-centric design. According to him, the data aggressive process between L1 and L2 can be organized in parallel trees of proofs. This system is flexible and has no design bottlenecks, at least in the case of ZK EVM by Polygon. So you can build a tree of proofs where the root proves a full chain segment. You can build this tree with the shape you want and in parallel. On actual roadblocks for ZK based system, he added that he added that sending of aggregated of aggregated proof on chain is a one-time event that takes 80 minutes in the case of Polygon, ZKEVM. However, ZK-based systems also have some limitations. For instance, data availability problems are yet to be addressed. In this regard, the implication of dank sharding and the EIP4844 update can be productive for Ethereum and its rollup. As covered by UT previously, Polygon is going to roll out its ZK EVM scaling solution on March 27, 2023. It is set to push the barriers of resource effective and transactional speed for Ethereum based blockchain systems. So, ladies and gentlemen, what do y'all think, man? Y'all think ZK rollups on L2 is a problem? I'm not sure. I'm not too well versed with ZK roll-ups to be honest i'll have to do more research on it and get back to y'all about this but according to this article man there's some uh, misconceptions with zk roll-ups on layer one and layer two so we'll see man this is an ongoing story and uh hopefully we get an update soon but anyway folks i think crypto right now is in a good position i love that it's all in the red you know where there's blood in the streets you buy so i definitely will be buying some 
Satoshis tomorrow. I'm pretty much set on my Dogecoin and Ethereum bags. So I don't have to get any more of those. But uh, as far as Bitcoin, I'm going to continue to stack uh, Satoshis. Put them in Thorchain. Do the savers program, you know, like I said. And then eventually I'll unstake it. And then I will put it in my Lightning wallet and use it as money. Because once the U.S. dollar goes bye-bye, especially the paper fucking greenback, that isn't backed by anything except the faith in the U.S. government, which is a piece of shit to begin with, um, I will have money and I will be good. So I will be all set, folks. But yeah, let's move on to some gaming news. So we got upcoming PC games, the best new games to look forward to. In 2023 and beyond. So that's right, ladies and gentlemen. So you PC gamers out there, listen up closely. This is on PocketLint.com. There are plenty of incredible games coming to PC this year and beyond. For upcoming AAA games to highly hype gems, there there are plenty to look forward to. Whatever your gaming passion, whatever your platform of choice, Steam, Epic, Ubisoft, Connect, or Origin. There are loads of new PC games to add to your wish list as well. These new games include bleeding edge titles with ray tracing capabilities as well as updates to your favorite RPGs, shooters, and co-op masterpieces. The following is a hand-picked selection of games we've seen and are excited about. We're sure you will be too. So Phantom uh, Brigade is coming out February 23rd. I mean, February 28th, 2023, which is in two days. This will be on PC. The Last of Us Part 1. Phantom is a turn-based tactic RPG that promises a cinematic spin on the genre. This game will also have a focus on in-depth customization and player-driven stories. It will be your mission to lead the brigade through a hard-fought campaign to retake their homeland. Uh, Last of Us Part 1 will be on PC. That will be released on March 28, 2023. You know about The Last of Us. We don't have to go into that. We got Crime Boss. Rat K City. Uh, that will be released on March 28th as well. Published by 505 Games. Crime Boss. Uh, Rat K City is an organized crime game with an all-star cast that includes Michael Matson. Uh, Michael, what's that, Rooker, Kim Bassinger, Danny Glover, and a couple other people. Chuck Norris and Van- and Vanilla Ice is in this game as well. Uh, Small Land, Survive the Wilds, that comes out March 29th, 2023. It's an action-slash-adventure RPG game. We have System Shock. So, let's see here. That is going to be a sci-fi action adventure game. So, that's a sci-fi action adventure game that comes out March 2023. Then we have Dead Island 2. That comes out April 21st, 2023. We have Star Wars Jedi Survivor, April 28, 2023. These are all coming out for PC, folks. Skull and Bones, spring of 2023. We have Street Fighter 6. June 2nd, 2023, we have Dead Matter, that comes out June 2023, that looks like a zombie shooter, we have Diablo 4, folks, 
June 6, 2023, we have Starfield coming soon, folks, on PC. Forza Motorsports 2023, folks. We have Art Art 2 2023, folks. Payday 3 2023. We have Dark and Darker Q4 2023. We have Stalker uh, 2. That comes out for PC December 2023. We have the Crew Motorfest. That comes out 2023. We have Blight. Survivor, that's coming out soon. We have Star Trek Resurgent coming out soon. State of Decay 3 to be announced. Nightingale to be announced. Uh, the First Descendant coming soon. The Outlast Trials to be announced. Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2 2023. Gord uh, coming soon. We have Perfect Dark to be announced. Perfect Dark was an amazing game back in the day. Uh, the Expansion, a Telltale series to be announced. The Outer Worlds 2 to be announced. Uh, Hellblade 2 to be announced. Transformers reactivated to be announced. Vampire, The Bloodline 2. Uh, Death, Death Stranding 2. To be announced, Last Man Sitting, to be announced, The Elder Scrolls, uh, looks like Seven, to be announced, Manor Lord, to be announced, Alan Wake 2, 2023, Crisis 4, to be announced, Project 007, to be announced, Kingpin Reloaded, to be announced, Splinter Cell Remake, to be announced, and that's all the PC games, folks. So that's a long list of games that's coming out in 2023. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're a PC gamer out there, get your wallet ready. Get your fucking wallets ready, folks. Because you gamers out there on PC are about to have an amazing fucking year. You are getting a shit ton of games. Shit ton of fucking uh, freaking graphics cards you're going to have to spend your money on. So folks, if you're a PC gamer... Get your fucking wallet ready. I'm dead serious. So shout out to the PC gamers out there. I know we have a lot in the Monero community that are huge PC gamers. So I know they're going to love this list. Definitely going to leave a link in the description below for them. And any other PC gamers out there that's not into crypto at all. This is a fantastic year for you folks out there in the PC land. So congratulations on the games that you guys are going to be getting out there. And ladies too. But moving on, folks, we got the best RPG games for Xbox Series X and S 2023. So we adore role-playing games, titles that let us explore not just fresh new worlds, but also meet new characters, including the chance to shape our own player character as we experience the story and plot in their shoes. The Xbox Series X and S, thanks to the extensive backward compatibility and a growing native library offer a huge range of amazing RPGs and we gathered the very best for you to check out right here. So we got Elder Rings, Disco, we got The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Tales of Arise, uh, Persona 5 Royal, uh, Like a Dragon, and I believe that's all the games folks. So again, 
Very short articles today. Very, very short. Let's go into it. So you can check these out on Game Pass. And most of these are RPGs, so... And like adventure games, so definitely, folks, let me go over those list again real quick for you folks out there and you gamers. So we got all the rings, Disco, The Witcher 3, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Tales of Arise, Persona 5 Royal, and Like a Dragon. So ladies and gentlemen, those are the best RPG games for Xbox Series X and S for 2023. So let me know what y'all think out there for sure. Um, I won't be playing probably any of these games. Um, I'm not really an RPG person, uh, gamer, but I know a lot of people who are. So if you're definitely on Xbox Series X and S in 2023, you definitely want to check out those RPGs for sure. And then last but not least, folks, the last story of the day for gaming, we got Gran Turismo may have just blown gaming AI wide open. So gaming technology moves at a breathtaking pace, even if console generation make it feel static for years at a time. Advancements are always happening out of sight. If the, if the proliferation of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S in the last couple of years has brought major graphic upgrades to the masses, though one area feels like it's lagged behind. Artificial intelligence is a buzzword at the moment, but in the gaming, it generally means something simpler than in the wider world. Opponents and allies. AI is shorthanded for the bots you play against or alongside, whether those are single-player enemies or multiplayer targets. Plenty of games have tried to shout about steps forward they've taken with their AI, making for more realistic or challenging encounters. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 made a song and a dance of this before launch for one. Almost two at one, though the end result don't justify the hype. Modern Warfare 2 bots are as proactive as ever with laser-like aim attempting to make up for simple tactics. Even games that rely on bots heavily to populate their worlds like Escape from Tarkov know full well that even mediocre players can spot a bot from a mile away, ignoring or dispatching them accordingly. So that left us all the more impressed with the limited time race together experience that just arrived in Gran Turismo 7, along with the extraordinary PS VR2 mode. This lets players finally race against Sony GT uh, Sufi AI, a bot that it spent years honing with researchers unveiling a year ago. It's been facing trials since then and is now out for all of us to match up against. It's an amazing experience doing so. Carefully crafted to play with your expectations, a series of races are on offer, each with multi-difficulty levels, starting you in an overpowered car compared to the AI racers before eventually offering a totally level playing field. Once you get up to the final level, GT Sophie's sophistication is manifested in the form of a racer that is unpredictable and optimistic like no AI we've ever raced. Oh boy, this isn't just a simple system like Forza, Drivatar, 
uh, options, making the bot more or less aggressive. It's a racer that reacts in real time and spots opportunities to pull off moves that we didn't even see. The proof is in the pudding too. With a driver, with drivers a million times more experienced and skillful than us, also now bumping up against the AI and finding a hugely challenge to overcome. Nudge ahead from the start and defense driving can win the day, but catching up to GTA Sophie feels like an impossible task. It drives like a player would. If the player, if that player were the most reliable and mistake-free driver on the circuit, and it's amazing how revolutionary that can feel. The question it casts, though, it is how it'll impact the scene. Is this the future of practice racing against a perfect machine that can push you to new heights, or is it the death of competition, Grand Trismo, as people hopes are snuffed out by Terminator-like chaser? The good news is that the AI in the Sony Pilo Foamy digital-owned hands, unlike in other games where third-party bots can infiltrate from the outside to crush competition integrity, Rocket League recently had its own inquest into how a bot called Nexto was being used in rank play. For one, an almost eccentric threat to a game's ecosystem. Meanwhile, ChatGPT and other AI implementations are threatening the worlds of publishing and programming with AI-created scripts that are hard to pick out from from authoritative content, making GP Sophie release feel all the more timely. For now, all we can recommend is that any racing fans seek out the Race Together event to try it for themselves. Getting destroyed by an AI is nothing new, but playing one that's indistinctly from an ace human driver leaves it leaves its own distinct glow of admiration. So folks, Gran Turismo man now has an AI bot that plays like a human. So ladies and gentlemen, look out man. Gaming has just changed the game for real. Folks, I told you. I told you a few years ago. Once they start putting AI bots that can think like us and act like us, it's game over. It's really game over. Like, seriously, it's really going to be game over. Like, gaming's going to get a lot harder, folks. It's going to get a lot harder, but it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be fun at the same time. But this is a little scary, too, because playing an AI bot that can think like a human, folks, an artificial general intelligence AGI, yeah, bro, that's a scary future if you're a gamer. Like, like, I'm actually happy about this, but I'm kind of scared at the same time because, folks, like, I've been a gamer for a long time. I've been a gamer since I was four years old, and I knew eventually AI was going to get, uh, I, I, I got to stop saying AI, AGI would get into gaming at some point, artificial general intelligence would get in gaming at, at some point. But I didn't think it was this soon. I predicted maybe 2026, 2027. But Gran Turismo has jumped the gun, folks. I mean, it has literally jumped the gun. It's unbelievable. But it's amazing at the same time. It gives you a challenge. It should be freaking fun. Like I said, I can't wait till they implement it in like games like Madden, FIFA, um, NHL. If it's not already there already, um... MLB the show can be pretty challenging as well if you play on dynamic um, settings. Um, the computer will start learning your tendencies. The artificial intelligence will start learning your tendencies. 
And it will get challenged throughout the season if you're playing on like a uh, franchise mode. It will get challenging over time. Um, but now we're seeing AGI implemented, folks. Artificial Joan Intelligence. Um, you're going to see this more in racing games. Um, like Gran Turismo, like Rocket League. Well, Rocket League's not really a racing game. Um, Forza eventually will have it, which will be fine by me. I definitely got to pick up the new Forza. Um, and check it out, because um, I love racing games. I really enjoy racing. Um, I've always enjoyed racing since I was a kid. Um, but yeah, folks, I'm really excited for the future of gaming. Um, I'm really excited for the future of crypto. Like I said, bear markets are when the time to build. It's time to save. There's a lot of things to do in bear markets, folks. Um, saving your Bitcoin and things like that, your ETH, your Dogecoin, your Monero. Things like that. Pirate chain. Um, so yeah, man. Your Dero. Stuff like that. But I'm just a different cat, man. I really am. I really love myself so much. How I am. You know, with life and things like that. And really taking the sleep to finally become a travel agent after all these years. I'm trying to work in corporate America and shit like that, folks. Um, but yeah, man. Corporate America sucks. It really does, um, and no disrespect to anybody that works in corporate America, but it really sucks. Um, being a your own entrepreneur, um, being self-employed, working at your own time, working from home. I like the gig economy. I like remote working. I hate working in an office. I've always hated working in an office, to be honest. I'd rather work from home um, because I think times are changing, folks. I mean, working in your office is dead. It's been dead since March of 2020, um, and I think employers definitely need to get with the times, and they definitely need to let their employees, if you can work remotely, let them work remotely. Don't have them come to the office. There's no point. We can do Zoom meetings. We can go inside the metaverse if we need to be in VR and stuff like that, or AR. We can get AR glasses and put on augmented reality and stuff like that. Like, I would rather fucking do a meeting in VR. I've even suggested this at my last job. Like, why don't we just do fucking board meetings in VR? It's much more funner that way. At least I can be my fucking avatar. You know? What the fuck? Like, why are we going to a stupid-ass office that is controlled by some centralized, stupid-ass entity that fucking freezes you half to death? Who the fuck wants me in an office? Folks, I live in upstate New York. It is fucking negative... It's 10 degrees Celsius outside. It's fucking freezing outside. Like, what are we doing? There's a snowstorm coming our way. And these fucking employers up here want you in the office? What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, this is why, this is why, folks, I want to move again. In the next two years, I want to get the hell out of New York. But we'll see how it goes, folks. I may not leave. I may leave. And I may not. We'll see in the next two years, in 2025, where we're at. But... This is ridiculous, folks. And it is a possibility I could move back to Arizona. Like, seriously. I know I talk shit about Arizona, but you never know what you had until it's gone. And I'm really starting to miss Arizona, folks. I know. I know about the racism. I know about all that. But here's the thing, folks. I'm much more mature now. I'm much more of a bigger adult now. So, and plus... Now that I'm more 
focused and I have my head on straight, right, I'll be able to handle Arizona more better now. You know, I'm starting reading more. I'm listening to more podcasts. Um, I'm, I'm freaking doing audio books and things like that, dude. So the future's bright for me. Like, even though I'm 35, it doesn't really matter. Like I said, age is just a number to me. I don't even feel any older than 22. And I don't look any older than 22, which is kind of awesome. It plays to my advantage. But yeah, folks, I'm cloud mining now, Bitcoin, you know, and stuff like that, which is pretty good. You you rarely make any money for cloud mining, but it is what it is. I don't mind cloud mining. It's awesome. You know, it's not about the money. Like I said, I'll dollar cost average. I have a couple wallets, you know, and things like that. And like I said, I'm saving Bitcoin, my Satoshi's through ThorChain and their savers program, which has never been done before. So something about being part of history always intrigued me. You know what I'm saying? So that's awesome. I love it. I love ThorChain's freaking Dex, decentralized exchange. If you haven't checked out the ThorChain savers program, folks, I will definitely put a video about them explaining in the uh, description below uh, so you folks can check it out along with the rest of these links to these articles. You folks out there can read them on your own. Shout out to the new 28 subscribers to my Spotify channel. So I appreciate you 28 freaking Spotify followers for um, following me on Spotify. So thank you for that. If you can also do me a favor and you 28 new Spotify followers can follow me on Podvine. Just in case I get banned from Spotify. Um, you will always have connections to me. You can follow me on Twitter as well. Even though I don't tweet as much. Um, I have over 118,000 tweets. Um, I usually tweet 23 times a year. So, yeah, folks, I barely tweet at all. I've been on, like, Twitter for 14 years. I rarely tweet anything. Like, it's very rare if I tweet anything. But, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of things going on in my life, you know. March is coming up. I'm looking for a car. So, if you are in the upstate New York area and you're selling a... Use car for $2,500. That works. You know, I don't need to make any major fix-ups on it. Please reach out to me on Twitter. That would be great. Or Instagram. So I can buy your car. Because I need a car, folks. I need a freaking car. Like, it's really getting ridiculous. Walking around, you know, taking a bus. You know, the place that I need to be. I'd rather be in my own vehicle. But... You know, patience is a virtue. Eventually, someone will sell me their car up here, and I will be able to get my wheels again. But other than that, folks, you know, life has been great, man. Life has been pretty good. You know, I've been thinking about my life, you know, being 35 and just thinking about, you know, where I want to be in 10 years. Where do I want to be in 20 years? You know, you know, uh, being rich is one of them, and I think I'm working towards that future with my uh, crypto, you know, savings and things like that. Then I'm doing dollar cost averaging and things like that uh, with my other investments as well. And when you're in the uh, middle class, folks, or you're poor, according to the IRS freaking standards, um, you got to take risk. You got to take risk. You can't be afraid of risk. You can't be afraid to fail. You know, things like that, you know, no matter what people tell you, you know, failure actually teaches you things, you know, 
It teaches you things. Teach you a lot of things in life that's amazing. Um, it teaches you what not to do the second time you, you go around and things like that. But yeah, man, it's life is beautiful, man. Life is really, really beautiful. And you got to be really thankful, man. Every day you wake up, everything you wake up in this, every day you wake up, excuse me, in this world, man, you just got to appreciate it. You got to appreciate it. You really do. Because you really only get one life, man. You only get one life. You live every single day, but you get one life. You don't get to do this again. You don't want to be an old man or woman in your rocking chair, you know, disappointed with your life. You don't want to be disappointed with your life. Because you can't go back and change it. So take the risk. Take advantage of it, folks, while you're young. In your 20s, in your 30s, in your teens. Take advantage, man. Take the risk. It is what it is. It may work out, it may not. But if it doesn't, who cares? At least you gave it a shot. You know what I mean? And that's why I come to the conclusion that be, trying to be this travel agent is, this is the time now. It's time to make that move at this point. Like, I couldn't make it before because, one, I was too scared to and I was too immature. And B... Because, dude, I was searching for something that wasn't going to make me happy anyway. So, you know, you live and you learn. You know, I was in a rough spot. You know, the first time I lived in Arizona, I was too cocky, too arrogant. I had to be humble. So, after going through what I went through in Arizona, you folks know, if you've listened to my podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, being homeless taught me a lot folks. Taught me a lot. That's why I'm the man I am today because of that experience. You know? And I don't freaking regret being homeless one bit. I don't. I know a lot of people would say, how the hell could that have happened? It happens because you make stupid mistakes and you make dumb decisions, dumb financial decisions that you look back on that and you say, what the fuck was I thinking about? Like, what, what was I doing? You know, and things like that. And you were probably trying to impress people you shouldn't have been trying to impress to begin with. You know what I mean? That's a that's a bad omen. So lesson learned, kiddos out there and young people. Don't try to impress people. It's not worth it. Live your life the way you want to live it. Fuck what anybody else has to tell you, bro. Fuck what they got to say. Because most of those people are jealous of you. They're jealous because they don't have any self-identity. They don't. They don't have any self-identity. They don't even know who the fuck they are. Right? Like, they live this fake-ass life. Right? You see it on social media all the time. People post pictures on yachts or on these vacations or these $5 million homes and shit like that. Knowing damn well they don't even live there. Knowing damn well they don't even have a Lamborghini or anything like that. They don't even have this shit. They rent all of this shit. It looks like they have it, but they don't. They just rent it, folks. A lot of things you see on social media is rented. They're just borrowing this shit to make it seem like they got an awesome lifestyle. When they don't, they're fucking miserable, folks. They work a 9-to-5 job for a boss they probably don't even like. Their relationship life sucks. They're single. They're by themselves. They don't have any fucking friends. The only friends they have are imaginary people online with stupid-ass emojis and dumb-ass profile pictures. That's the only friends they have. They don't have any friends in real life. They don't. They really don't. 
They don't have family members they can hang out with. They don't have family members they talk to. They don't have nothing. They're worthless, right? They're pathetic. They don't have anything. And that's a fact of life, folks. You got to think for yourself. It's very, very important that you think for yourself. This is why I always preach. Read books, folks. You know, if you want to learn about Bitcoin, don't go looking online on a social media on Twitter. Go order a book about it and read and decide for yourself. That's what I did with Dogecoin. You know, as much everybody always talks about, oh, well, Elon Musk, just listen to Elon about Dogecoin. I'm like, no, fuck that. Go read a book about it. See if you actually, someone wrote a book about Dogecoin being better than fiat. So I wanted to read the book. So I read the book and it comes to my conclusion that yes, Dogecoin is a better alternative than fiat money. To me, like it all makes sense. Everyone in the world can afford it. There's only 5 billion Doge that's released every year. Yes, there's an unlimited supply, but the inflationary of Doge is going to go down over time. That's just a fact. Now, like I told you at the beginning of this podcast, am I, I am an open Bitcoiner. So I'm open to other projects. Altcoins is one of them. Dogecoin, Monero, Pirate Chain, Dero, Ethereum. I'm open to that stuff. Polkadot. I'm open to altcoins. I have no problem with them. Everyone else in the Bitcoin space, my brothers and sisters in the Bitcoin space, they see a problem with them. Bitcoin is not crypto, they always preach. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's crypto. It's digital money. It's what it is. It's a cryptocurrency. It's proof of work. Who cares? Like, Bitcoin and crypto are the same. They're, they're not different. They're not different. Like, Monero's an altcoin. It's a crypto. What's the problem? Dogecoin, it's an altcoin. It's a crypto currency. Who cares? They're all the same to me. Like, it's ridiculous. Everyone, like, goes ape nuts over all these different crypto pro. It's so stupid. So stupid. Yes, I know they're different. I know uh, Monero is untraceable, untrackable digital cash. I know that. It's fungible. I get all of that. Bitcoin, peer-to-peer electronic digital cash, as long as you're using the Lightning Network. I like Bitcoin. It's fine. I like Satoshi. I started off 2009, January 4th, 2009. Got my first freaking Satoshi. Got my first Bitcoin. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It's okay. Like I said, I love, I like Bitcoin. I love Monero. I mean, I shouldn't say I love Monero. I like Monero. I like Pirate Chain. I like Dero. I like Ethereum. I like Ethereum. I like Dogecoin. It is what it is. You know, these are tools to be used. You know, electronic, peer-to-peer electronic digital cash or smart contracts, NFTs, Web3, all that good stuff, man. So it is what it is. I love the competition. We know 99.9% of these cryptos are going to be wiped out over the next few years. And I'm anxious to see how that goes. I really can't wait to see crypto Twitter, how everyone starts crying like a little bitch. About how their product is dead, it's going to zero. Um, you know, you got Bitcoin, Bitcoin is out there bitching about ordinals and all that shit. But I think it's great, personally. Um, as an open Bitcoin, I think this is fun to see people like 
putting NFTs on the Bitcoin blockchain. I think it's funny. Um, it doesn't really bother me. I haven't used Lightning in like a couple months since I joined the uh, beta test for the wallet of Satoshi. I haven't used in about a month. But uh, yeah, man, they're building some great things on Lightning. Um, there's a whole podcast on it on uh, YouTube that I watch every week. It's called Lightning Ventures, I believe. Um, very good podcast. A lot of good things about Lightning's going on. Um, there's another podcast, I think, called Lightning Ventures. And, um, it's, uh, not Lightning Ventures, but I forget the name of the other podcast. But, um, it's on YouTube. I'll put a link to the description in the, uh, description below for you folks out there to check it out. But, uh, they talk about Lightning, they talk about Bitcoin, they talk about on-chain Bitcoin, they talk about all the things going on in Bitcoin. Freaking amazeballs, folks. Um, if you haven't gotten your, um... Podcast on foundation so you can start getting paid in lightning payments. Definitely check it out. Definitely, definitely check it out. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get the hell out of here. This podcast will be up in about two hours at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we will definitely get in the independent news on Sunday night um, this weekend. So we'll be getting it here tonight. Um, around probably same time as I did this podcast, around about 11.30 at night. And then uh, we'll get that out to you guys on Tuesday at around 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern, uh, 12 a.m. Pacific. And we'll go from there, folks. But it's going to be a fun week. Um, I think we will see Bitcoin and the altcoins have a little pump here in the next few days. And then after that, I think we're going to have a massive pullback in March. Um, I really do see a major event happening in March. So get your distraction detection ready because it is going to happen, folks. We all know it is. It's coming. So get your popcorn ready uh, for the bullshit they're about to pull. But anyway, folks, this is your boy Nightmare Chaos signing off. Hope everybody has a great rest of the week and rest of the the weekend, and also be nice to each other, folks, and uh, be thankful for your life, man, because a lot of people don't get to see their life fully pan out because stuff happens to them. All right, folks, talk to you tomorrow. See you Sunday night. Peace.